Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, the pocket that you know. Can you talk, Morgan? Yeah, Tess. Oh, good job. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, you ready for Brendan? Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> okay? You have to admit that sounded like you farted. I no, it didn't. That sounded. That was so. If I farted no, no, like no, that, no, then no. send me to the hospital. Through, through, no. I mean, like that was like a that was a squeak. You. Honestly, if I fart okay. like that, then okay. then okay. someone's okay. dying. Okay. All right. Let's stop playing around. Three, yeah. oh. two, one. Super excited to have a guy we really like. He covers the Sacramento Kings for Kings Pulse. Oh, my God. Everything. The Kings Herald. He's on the Kings Beat podcast with Ham and Sean Cunningham. He is the one and only Brendan Nunes. How you doing, man? Doing well, guys. You're two of my favorite people as well, so Aww. the love is reciprocated. Yeah, I'd love he, to hear the list. Yeah, oh, my. I would love to hear, like, maybe top top four. Let's. Uh, you want to get into that? Yeah, you know, um, I would love to get into that. That sounds like an amazing idea. Um, we're going to go with G-Man has yeah! to be number one. Um, you I, know. Can I be honest? Safe pick. Cop out. No. Like, no Absolute one's going to question. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah. say Absolute the same thing. Out. Okay, okay. Um, and then, you know, wow. uh, we'll go with another cop out. We'll go, uh, Chris Biederman just got engaged. <sighs> so I'm going to shout out Chris G- Biederman. And he's so good. He's so good at everything. He and he's, he's so sweet. Okay. Does. That's a good, good cop out move. Okay. Then more. And then we'll go, Morgan. you know, what can we do three, four? Can we kind of share this spot? That's fine. Or, I'm going to take it because you didn't put James Ham first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we leave the hammer bros out of it. So, uh, wait, perfect. last year was your first full season covering the Kings, right? It was. The year before, though, I think I was at, I only missed like the first five right. games or so. Um, but yeah, last year was technically my first full year. So what's been your favorite part of the job so far? Honestly, probably the people that we listed off and the list goes beyond that. Like I think getting to be around people that also have the same passion and have those like really nerdy conversations about the details of all of this is really fun to me. And of course to see the behind the scenes, like it's very cliche, but how just normal and human all of these players are like De'Aaron Fox, for example, I like, you know, there's days you can tell he does not want to do media. Right. (laughs) And then there's days where he's great. And I think that's the most normal thing ever. There's just some days where it's just he's just not feeling it. And I really like that about De'Aaron, weirdly. Have, um, so there's a lot of aspects, but I think being around like-minded people or, or people with similar interests has kind of been the thing for me. Have you been, has there ever been a day where you were just like, I don't really want to be here? And it's not, I don't even want to, I, I don't want to, 
put that out there like it's a negative thing. I mean, that's just anyone with work. I mean, and I know we have so much fun work, but there's days that we're just going to be humans and we're really tired too. Have you felt that ever during the season or like maybe toward the end of a season? I don't really think so, actually. <sighs> Love um, that. I'm pretty excited to go in most days. If anything, it's like, you know, the process of getting there, maybe something else is going on in the day and trying to figure that out, but not really. What about for you guys? You know, I, I no. I mean, I think the most irritating thing just in general with media uh, being in the media for so long is just it's hurry up and wait. And that goes oh, not just yeah. to like covering a team, but even when I worked on Good Day Sacramento back in the day, it was like, all right, you get to a location at like 5 a.m. It's like, all right, your first hit is at 5.57. You're like, okay. Or, yeah. you know, if you're waiting for players availability, it's like, hey, media availability is at 1.15 and you walk in there at 2.35. But th like, that's, that's it. I love being around it. Like if I could go and be around basketball every single day, the practices, the shoot arounds before the game. If we fun. had access to practices like for a longer period of time, mm, like that'd be cool. I, I think there'd be a few of us that would always be hanging out in there. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, it's fascinating um, really seeing what the coaches are saying, how players are reacting to it. Um, I understand, you know, why teams don't allow that and everything. Um, especially too, like if it's like the warriors and there's punches going on and everything, but, <laughs> but truly, yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I, I think toward the end of the season, I don't get tired except in my room when I'm in my makeup chair and trying to shove on like more and more makeup <laughs> for the hundredth time of the season. That's yeah. the only part of the job that, um, ever tires me out. Everything else. Pretty great. I'm just blessed to be naturally beautiful. Oh, you so are. I don't understand. Look at that skin. <laughs> I know how it I, is. I don't Brandon. know that people realize though how much time we like all the media people spend together because like to Deuce's point, we're sitting there waiting specifically for like practices for a long time sometimes, and it's just us in that room, yeah, all just talking and hanging out with each other, I guess. And I'll say there are days where. Like, instead of talking to you guys, it's like, I need to set up yep. my wall, my boundary and just like be on my phone. No, it's true. Like you can't, you can't be on 24 seven and I'm not going to just fake it with the people that I like. I just go hi. And then I go to my yeah. phone, go to X, Instagram, whatever it is. Right. So don't call it X. I know. I don't, so I, don't I still don't like it. Don't Twitter. Like it. It's Twitter. Yeah. I'm more of a threads guy now. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm making the shift right now. Um, I'm trying. Here's a question for you. What's been your most embarrassing moment in the business? <laughs> and be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, as, no, this as, is a good one. Yeah. Um, I actually came to mind right away. Um, it definitely was, well, the Halliburton thing was pretty funny, but that wasn't exactly embarrassing. That worked out okay. And that uh, you're referencing about, when you talked about his defense and then. Yeah, well, it was a very rookie mistake asking Luke Walton. I remember it was before a um, Hornets game. And in my mind, it's like, oh, there's all these creators on the floor. It's Terry Rozier. It's Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And I forget who else was on the team at that point. But I was like, there's no place to hide Tyrese. And I started the question to Luke Walton by saying, so you guys hide Tyrese on defense. <laughs> you know, how is that difficult against a team like this? And super rookie mistake, right? I, honestly, and he actually like started to interrupt me. Yeah. But I, I got my question out. And um yeah, I guess Tyrese heard that, and that's where that all kind of started from. But I, I think the maybe most embarrassing or, like, learning moment thing for me is um, 
after there was the shooting in downtown Sacramento, there was media the day or a game the day after. And James Ham wasn't there very rarely, right? I think it's the only game all year. He'll tell you, you know, the only game in who knows how many years. But <laughs> he will tell it you. It was yeah, I, I just didn't recognize that that how much that needed to be um discussed. Mm amongst the in post game and with james not being there um i saw it as an opportunity to ask the first question james is always asking the first question i was like okay i get to do this you know so i was a little excited to do that and rasan at the time had you know sort of told me that the first question does need to be about um that about the incident and i think harrison barnes came out i asked him and that was fine but then we waited like 30 minutes for dante divincenzo and I had totally forgot by then. I think I was too like focused on formulating my question. You know, I'm the type I'm like repeating my question over and over in my head until I finally say it out loud. Um, trying to get better about that, right? But yeah, came out and just did not ask him about it, and instantly got a death glare from Rasan and got a you know healthy conversation afterwards. But it was definitely not my brightest moment. I I, I expected. Um... Something a little lighter from Brendan. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to. I, I, I was you like, know, oh, yeah, give me an embarrassing, like my embarrassing moment, completely different. Brendan's like, I, 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 they wanted to really focus on th- what happened, let the players talk about this. I didn't do it. Mine and I was, felt, I felt that to my core too. I was like, oh, I'm embarrassed for him right now. I, I, it yeah. just, it, 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 my most embarrassing was the first time I was ever in an NBA locker room happened to be King Suns in Phoenix. I was there for spring training. The Kings happened to be in town taking on the Suns. So after the game, I went into the Suns locker room. First time in an NBA locker room. Yeah. And I asked Sean Marion something about Ron Artest. And he said something like, I don't give an F about Ron Artest. I was so like taken aback. I'm like, oh my God, Sean Marion. My first time ever having the courage to ask a question. And Sean Marion just swats my stuff away. Well, and you know it's funny he's been swatted by uh greg popovich as well but the thing is i mean me. and and i think because everyone else has too right um yeah mine was not along um brendan's embarrassing moment but no that's the thing it made me feel because like i i think that's one of my least favorite things is feeling embarrassed about something and of course when i started in media and i would go to the locker room and locker room scrums and i think i was with sean cunningham at the time because i was interning for news 10 at the time and he gave me the mic to shove in demarcus cousins face Mm -hmm. (sighs) you got like and by the way i'm the only like woman in there and i'm just like trying to feel good and confident and he goes you want me to eat that or something? Because I guess it was too close. And I'm just like, I remember I felt hot. My pits started sweating. I wasn't wearing black at the moment. It was just a yeah. bad all-around moment. So, um, yeah, embarrassing times, uh, dark times for Brendan. <laughs> my God, Brendan. Well, I also was on a game-to-game uh, like media pass. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I ruined it, you know? Oh. Actually, I do think actually that was very beneficial for me because I came in my first game. And was like, I better ask a question today to give them a reason to be there tomorrow. And I think if you go a while of like not asking, you could start to get it in your head. And so I think it was beneficial, but I was, I was stressing. Good job pushing yourself though, because like that's even, I mean, especially when something obviously it's 
feels like it's been happening more and more around the world where something, a serious incident happens, whether it's in our city, around the world, and you're, you're supposed to talk about that, it becomes difficult. But I have a difficult time just being in there and asking a question altogether. I don't know why, but I've been doing this forever, but I always just do not feel confident in there with the microphone asking a question. So good job just pushing it, yourself. You, you hear some of the questions though, right? It's like, you're not gonna be worse than some of these, to be honest. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, I think I, <laughs> that I don't want to be bad at yeah. all. And I'm just, my, my question asking skills, uh, they've gotten better but they're still not up to where I want them to be. And that's you, why I like to analyze. You also overthink. I mean, you I do. literally ask these players questions on TV immediately following the right. game. Like, it's just you. So, like, it, it's me. It's a little well, more challenging for you to face that than in the media, in, in the media room where, yeah, I, how I've always tried to think about it is don't ask some dumb, obvious question. Like, I never want the players to look at me and go, did you really ask that? That's right. my goal. I don't ever want that. Yeah, because what Brendan said is so true. Like there are times of the year where some of these guys, even if the, they're the nicest guys ever, they just don't want to come out and ask, answer questions. I mean, think about it. That's every fair. single day, every practice you look over, there's all this media and they want to ask you like, so like last night, it's like, I'm trying to move on. There's a game tomorrow. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Especially a scrum setting. Yeah. It's the most like aggressive thing like being a person that is oh. getting interviewed in those scrums i can only imagine like what that feels like it, it's got to be so to morgan's point of like have to put um microphones in people's faces and like that you got to get tired of that it's got more great idea and i have a great idea what we should all as media members everyone all across the country should have to be put into that same situation before every season to kind of, hey guys, just remember they're human. This is how it feels. And then we pepper each other with media scrum questions. Brendan, who you're dating? Do you like her? How long have you been dating? <laughs> you know, just like really aggressive questions it's that no one wants to answer. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. the players ask us. Yeah, oh. they're open to it. Ooh, that'd be good. Oh, I yeah, yeah, I would feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, the scrum setting is always fascinating and. You know, I think last year was like the first full year again. It kind of went back to normal where your scrum setting was around. The Zoom days, you know, you'd raise your hand. All right, let's go to Brendan. Brendan, you got a question for De'Aaron. Well, now it's like you're in the scrum. And God, sometimes people are so aggressive with their, like, talking over each other just mm. to get a question in. Mm. And when you hear a bad question. Oh, to, to be on top of do somebody, not, yes. If there was a camera isolated on me during a media scrum, you would see me making, rolling my eyes, yeah. stepping away. I get irritated because I, I think we could do this in a more structured fashion. There you go. You go. One at a time. One time. Why are we talking over each other to ask like, all right, so how does it feel to, to go against the Warriors in the playoffs? Cool. And you almost have to like interrupt the player or coach <sighs> if you want to get your question off, right? Yeah. You have to predict when their <laughs> sentence is going to be done yeah. and then try to be the first to talk. And if somebody else talks same time as you, it's just who's going to keep going. It's very, and um, it, it brings a lot of like in anxious energy to a pile of people trying to get the best information that they can or have a conversation with an athlete yeah i think we should change that back yeah just be normal <laughs> yeah yeah like normal people that just ask each other questions yeah uh brendan do you remember the first game you ever were credentialed for 
Yes, it was against the Pelicans, okay. and I was at one point trying to find where to get to courtside. Mm-hmm. And in the email, you know, they give you these weird directions, like, go southwest in this black wall. I'm like, I don't have a compass on me. I don't know where I'm going right now. Why do people so, still give directions that way? I have you could no tell problem. me west, north. I would not know where to go. Same. No. Same. I mean, and by the way, I think because we're part of a different generation that didn't use compasses, I don't know. Like, it has to be something. (laughs) I just look for the brightest star, and that's north, I think. And then never eat soggy waffles. I don't know. Um, Yeah, so I was trying to look for courtside, and apparently I was right where the the players walk in from the other team. And I got in, excuse me, in Jonas Valanciunas' way accidentally Mm. but i didn't even see him coming i turned around and he's ginormous i always say that's the biggest floral shirt i've ever seen in my (laughs) life um so that was definitely my like oh i'm i'm here you know i am proud that you remember that because i actually went and looked up which game you were first credentialed at how did you do that how did you find that yeah how did we why is that public information I probably tweeted it or something. Uh, Morgan. Wait, did you go right? stalk him for this? <laughs> it's Yeah, I, I prep for interviews. You know, I like to get to know people. Okay, so it was against the Pelicans. Uh, do you know who won that game? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, well, probably not the Kings that year. Kings won 112 to 99 to improve to four and four on the season. The Pelicans fell to one and eight. What's crazy about this is the Pelicans ended up being a play-in team that year. And of course, the Kings... Mm-hmm. Did not remain at 500. Uh, here's the next question. Can you name the players who are still on the Kings from that team? De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. Okay. And that's it. Oh, no. Okay. Last year? No, not last year. No, year no, before. November okay, 3rd, so. 2021 was actually the date. That, that was game. your... F- wow. It feels like you've been around forever. Keep going. Well, he has, but... Yeah, yeah. Um... There's more. Um, is Davion the answer? Davion, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one more. Can you get this? Hmm. Keon Ellis? No. Alex Len. The oh, four, that's the four a good players one. left from the first time Brendan Nunez was credentialed at a game. Look, do you know the first game you were credentialed? I don't know mine. Uh, yeah. I, no. I, I, no, I do. I believe it or not. That I was do. like 20 years ago. Okay. What? It was actually an ABC game. It was ago? it was Kings Suns ABC. Mike Bibby, I believe, hit eight or nine threes in that game. That was yeah. I have no. You guys, I don't. Two thousand seven. Recall two thousand seven. My first game being credentialed yeah. at all whatsoever. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have a shitty memory. Uh, Brendan, it's been fun to see you grind to get where you are, and you, you you've got that hunger and that thirst. Um, what? What makes you want to be in this business? Uh, I just love sports. Like my two big outlets and comforts really in life have been sports and music. And, you know, I originally bought this microphone to try and make music and uh, decided against that one. Wait, 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 wait. Pause. Stop. (laughs) Stop. A singer? Hip hop? Are you a rapper? Definitely rap. Yeah. What? Why? I, Why have we not heard any of this yet? Oh, there's good reason. Could you, maybe I'll show you guys something one day. Could you but, give uh, us a little... Just a no, little... no, don't think so. Not happening. What happens if Morgan dropped a little beat? I don't know how to no, drop a beat. not happening. <laughs> not happening. No, no, and there's no beat here. It's not even consistent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I'm not in the mu- I don't know music. Okay, um, okay. Although I am... I'm... 
get ready. I'm tickling the ivory a little bit now. Oh, okay. He's <laughs> trying to learn how to do play some piano. We both are. I'm not even making fun of this. So are you? were you bad at it? Do you realize, oh, I'm not good at it? Oh, I definitely was bad, but I did it for like a couple of years, actually. And I'd like to think I got a little decent. Um, but... Okay, you know. this is what makes me a little upset about Brendan. Yeah. It, and this is why I'm so glad we're talking to him today, because I feel like you and I, the more we've gotten to know Brendan, we're like, oh, there's so much there. Like, not only is he a hard worker, he grinds in the business. We'll get back. We'll get back to the grind in a second. <laughs> but um, but you you and you're such a great person, but you also have these other talents. You have this personality that I think needs to shine and come out at times. And I guess what I'm saying is when are we getting a rap song headed into the season mm, or maybe mm, in the middle of an mm, NBA season? Yeah. Like we want to see your, your, your other art, Brendan. I will maybe try one day. I think Kenny and I have talked about like, you know, for fun doing a song wow. of like, cause I think he's a little more R and B. So he can do the chorus and I'll do the verses, but we'll see. Do you have like we'll an, an artist name? Did you, did you have a name or did you just go by your name? <laughs> um, Be money. Duh. No, no, I went with, I, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Um, I went with BZ. <laughs> yes. I, it was it, in my mind it was be easy Beasy. you know as like a play on that but i didn't building, i didn't want to do it like b dash easy yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was too close to g easy so i just put beasy easy in the building baby uh Beasy. yeah oh i think my. i eventually dropped that though and just decided to just use my first name because i feel like my first name is unique enough okay spelling yeah. it, well it is one busy but two you bought the mic you thought, hey, I, I'm going to try out um, some rap. Like, I like hip hop. What took you into the next gen the, the next step? I do have to cut this off, though, for a second. Why? I want I want to guess his influences. Oh, OK, like please. Mac Miller. <laughs> Ooh, good one. That's a good one. Are Is you it, just going to are you going to go? I do like OK, Mac OK. Do you have a do you have one? G Easy on tattoos? <laughs> no, not G Easy. Okay, I, I don't know. Who, who wore Drake? Who, yeah, who were some of your influences? Drake um, has to be up I really there. liked Big Sean. Okay. Ooh. There was a smaller guy named Fora that was uh, a little bit more kind of uh, venting music. I, I definitely initially did it as an outlet. To be honest, I like my high school girlfriend broke up with me. Mm. I was super hurt about it. And one day I was like, I'm just going to write something. And my dad would have me journal when I was younger. And it, I just started like, I, ever since he had me do that, I was just like, well, I'm just going to rhyme it you know um and so it was very much a emotional outlet for me and then eventually i kind of just started doing it a little bit more mm. so he's like um, an emo rapper yeah yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. no not necessarily just i mean he was just singing he was, no, he was cool. just rapping about a little his more sad at times for sure but there's a balance <laughs> no you that's know? but at least you at least you expressed yourself did you ever so you did you have recordings right yeah. Oh. Okay. Stop. Uh, this I, is great. I, it is great. I want to. No, no. I'm, I'm saying to oh. him, he's okay. going. Yeah. Somebody like, in uh, at college. I went to NAU for one semester, which is its own story. Um, but I was doing it while I was there, and this person that was a friend of mine, and then felt a type of way about something, wrote this diss track, <laughs> and so I may or may not have wrote one back. Whoa. There might be. A diss track out there somewhere. You can't. Can you just give us like one line from one of your your hits? 
I don't really. I, there's no hits, first of all. <laughs> I was trying to put you over from one of your songs. It's called like F You Right Back. Yeah, yeah. That's so. the diss track. You can't yeah. remember any lines from any of your songs. He can. He won't do it. Yeah. Not off what the top a, of my head. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't put the pressure on him. What a coward. Don't, no, good. I'll Ca- show you guys one one day. I, I will show you guys one one day. Okay. Um, now, okay. now, <laughs> but now we got this out of it. So your dad made you journal, which obviously the writing yes. then was. Actually, can I say this real quick? Yeah. Somebody, <laughs> somebody is going to find uh, my SoundCloud, I bet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Literally just my name. It is the worst. I've been actually super paranoid okay. of somebody finding this. It's my old account. Like, it's my first couple ones where I am literally just practically talking over the beat. It's absolutely horrible. And I'm, like, you know, saying stuff about my ex-girlfriend and blah, 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 like me being super emotional. Yeah. And someone is bound to find it because of this conversation and just know Though it got way better eventually. Okay, so they're the worst things ever. Just to like, be clear, if I if I wanted to, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you I, will. At this point in the podcast, you're like, boom, sample of song, uh, boom, back to the interview. Yes, okay. absolutely. If you don't, and I mean, if you want to do that, I'd send you a different one. I bet, but sure. Okay. Look at my problem straight in the face. Got no time to go wait. I'm pushing it off to a later date. My work ethic was lacking, but I always had that passion. I see myself on the stage, moving up there, rapping. Want a whole crowd going sing along and put down the weed. I don't own a bong, give a hard work, it'll take long. So I'm jumping on that ship. Being lazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm jumping off that ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, oh. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, in high school, I sang, uh, I loved Mario Kart so much. And so my friend and I made up a song about Yoshi. So, okay. yeah, like, I mean, we all do it. Well, how'd it go? I'm green. I can be mean. Mean as hell. Oh, wow. When the red bombshells come crashing from behind, I hope that you don't mind <laughs> that is, I will pass you by. the whole thing. Wow. Oh, I know the whole thing, and I'm not singing it, and we're not getting it's No, <laughs> but my point is, it's like, we all do it. It's a great way to, like, like you said, to either vent about something. It's just uh, a different, a different art form, and it's fun. It's a great way to be creative. Getting back to your journaling now, because now you obviously write, and then we're gonna get to that mic and you podcast. It's cool that your dad made you journal when you were younger. Were you pretty consistent with that? Absolutely not. Uh, He very much had to force me to do that, to be honest. And that was probably only that wasn't. Yeah, it didn't happen all too often. It was maybe about a six month period or something where I did it. But then, you know, it kept I guess I did in a way keep up journaling because I would write lyrics a lot. And I still have like a bunch of notebooks full of stuff. Um, But yeah, yeah. Rich Ivanowski, uh, when I first asked him to be my co-host for King's Pulse, you know, did his background research on me and had found that SoundCloud. Wow. And he would hold that over my head all the time. <laughs> He'd be like, I'm going to tell people. I'm going to tell people. I'm like, bro, please. <laughs> well, well, we'll let them know. Yeah. So you got the microphone for that rapping. You recorded some stuff, put it on SoundCloud. Then you transitioned into more uh, sports. I guess mm-hmm. a lot more sports being you transitioned straight into Sacramento Kings stuff, right? Or was it NBA? No. It was, Oh, what was it first? It was originally, I remember, I think the first thing I tried to do was like some daily NBA 
podcast and, you know, like doing the editing for uh, music stuff translated into getting being comfortable audio editing for podcasting. And I think I tried to do like some daily NBA podcast and realized that was unsustainable. And um, I started writing for I think I built my own small website or something that nobody was reading, but it was Celtics related stuff. I always grew up. I grew up a huge Celtics fan, like crazy Celtics fan. Um, I remember crying when Braun took out the Celtics in the playoffs. Like I was a huge Celtics fan and I was writing Celtics stuff. And I saw somebody on Twitter said that they just started the Celtics website in DM him if you're interested. And that guy's Adam Taylor, who covers the Celtics now, actually him and I have kind of grown together throughout this process. And um, that pod that we started and the site that we started was Celtics Pulse. And so then um, actually, eventually him and I tried to run a podcast network and there was this LLC, but it only was about a year before I realized I'd want to be able to focus on myself rather than managing other people. And uh, it was the Pulse Podcast Network. And one of the shows we got on, we, we were a lot of like bringing people on that wanted to get started, but didn't already have one. And we brought on somebody to do the Kings, Kings Pulse, and I had just moved to Sacramento, and he didn't have a co-host, and I was like, screw it. I'm going to hop on with him, and um, I've lasted longer than he has. That was pretty short-lived on his end. Wow. But, yeah. Well, what's so cool about that is just what type of era we're in with content because – you were able to turn the King's Pulse into something. You built connections with people in the King's community, King's Herald, and then all of a sudden you're getting credentialed, then you meet James Ham, you meet all of us, and now it's it's just it's crazy how it works. You know, that's why I always tell people in the business or who want to get into business, how do I get into business? I'm like, well, it sure the hell changed a lot mm-hmm. since I got into it. But this there's no better time now than to be different, create content, and try some new shit. Yep. Yep. Like, oh, what, what, should I start a podcast? I'm like, well, if you want to be consistent with it, how's it going to be different? It's a crowded field. But can if you, you can't commit? Be, do it. Can you? That's the biggest thing. Can you commit to doing compelling content? Try it. Put it on TikTok. Put it on Reels. Put it on YouTube. I don't care how you do it. Just find a way to do it. It's never been easier to do that stuff. No, and I think what's what's been so fun, like watching even Brendan create and do everything. And you, you, when I say bounce around, it's you're joining so many different things and putting your name out there in so many different places. And then we saw you at summer league and it was us three in that hotel lobby waiting to go interview. Was it like Colby Jones or it was the two rookies Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it was really cool. We got to talk to you about how much you grind and how you always make sure that you're in these places. So like we were kind of talking about before asking you before what, what brings that out of you? What drives you to just like keep going and keep trying all these new things? I mean, I think it's still just my outlet. Like it's just what I enjoy doing more than anything. Like, and you know, I kind of, like I said, it was always an outlet for me growing up that in music, it would always, you know, I had family things or, and like traveling back and forth between places. Like I'd fly unaccompanied minor and stuff to go see my dad. And it was just like, if I put my headphones, I always had a headphone in my ear And if I was playing a song or if I was listening to a podcast or watching a game, but it doesn't just stop at the game. It's all the content that comes with the game that also gets my mind off things. And now I'm like, I get to provide that. And so I I don't think that that was exactly a conscious decision there, but that was more of a later realization 
but I really think it's just what I enjoy. I, I've always loved basketball. My dad put that in me um, pretty young and I tried all the, a lot of different sports, but basketball was just the one that stuck with me. We've got more with Brendan coming up and we're going to focus in on the Sacramento Kings off season expectations mm. a ton to get to, but we should mention that this episode is presented by our friends over at East Sac fitness morgan esac fitness is a great spot to go to if you're looking to get back in shape we're talking functional fitness we are talking about yoga classes spin classes and a recovery room it's a kind of that small boutique gym yeah but they got everything you could possibly need yeah it's the best and it's the best way to just stay healthy or get back in shape or if you feel intimidated by the other gyms this is the place to go so go to esacfitness.com today or you can call my 916-599-3181 also presented by a new york times best-selling author she's been at the top of the amazon chart she's the one and only tr reagan dude she is the crazy lady and she has written so many thrillers and I have now binge read so many mm. thrillers this summer. And I suggest you do the same thing. I know Tia Reagan. Yeah, it's my mother. But how weird is this? For 15 years, I refused to read her books because I was like, I'm going to be too scared. And it's weird. It's my mom. And then, you know, just millions of people serving them. So I was like, why not? You should too. make sure to check out trreagan.com or on amazon.com search Tia Reagan. <laughs> Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, we should talk some actual Kings now. Did you guys sure. see the ESPN NBA power rankings for the Western Con or not power rankings, there were NBA predictions for the season. Wait, when did those come out? Uh, I think yesterday or the day before. Then no, I did not see them. So they have the West as Denver 1, Phoenix 2, Golden State 3, Sacramento 4. They have them finishing 47 and 35, so one uh, fewer win than last year. And then they have the Lakers at fifth and the Clippers at six. How do you guys feel about the Kings being predicted as the fourth, finishing fourth in the Western Conference? Brandon? I think it's reasonable. You know, I might move some of those teams around. Like, I think Phoenix is going to be really good in the postseason, but I do have a lot of questions about their regular season just because if one of those main guys goes down, who's stepping up after the fact, just their depth. You know, I do, do have some questions about if those main guys are unavailable and you know, it wouldn't be surprising if they missed a handful of games, any of the three. So I, I think that that's reasonable, though. I, I worry that Kings fans could get frustrated with this season because mm. the three seed is not typical for a team that won, what, I believe it was 48 games. Yeah. You know, like as a, you could increase your wins and have a lower seeding. You know, I disagree with the 47 games, like give them the 50. I think there's very much an aspect of this continuity should give you a leg up early in the year. Other teams have to figure it out and figure out what works for them. The system is in place. The guys know their roles and sure, maybe, you know, Keegan and Maria will get a little bit more wiggle room to do some things, but it's the same core group. It's practically the exact same group. So I think that the record will be better, but about fourth, like wouldn't be too shocking to me. Yeah. I I'm, I'm, 
I'm with you around with that. Um, I, I actually think for an ESPN power ranking thing, that's pretty optimistic from coming from them. Yeah, I mean, I like usually I don't it's have like, oh, let's put it. LeBron I mean, first, like, and then even even Le- even LeBron and the Lakers do. I've said this to you so many times. I, like, they did a lot of little things, little tweaks that I think they're going to be better than we thought in the Western Conference. Again, I'm saying that right now. We haven't seen it all come together. But the Suns are up there, too, and we're just banking on that team being healthy and and then if there wasn't health, that the depth would work. And it's not like ESPN's predictions had the Kings like 20 games behind the Warriors. I mean, I think the West stacks up very similar to last season where it's pretty wide open. Like, I think Denver is still the front runner. I mean, I I think we talk about continuity. That team's been together Although they lose Bruce Brown, they bring back the core group of guys. Jokic is the best player in the league, or one of the best, if not the best player in the game right now. I have no problem with that. It's, yeah, I mean, I can see the Kings being second in the West, too. Like, it's, no, I can't. I mean, I, I think they have the offensive firepower needed in this league. Their depth, to me, is better. Yeah. Another year together. And I think they have what it takes and I, I we saw flashes of it last year that they can be better defensively and if those things happen they should be one of the best teams in the west i it, it's going to be a weird year though and i'm already trying to prepare myself last year was so much fun because the expectations were so low let's be honest when the kings the start when the kings started 0 and 4 i remember we were doing podcasts after games night chat and I was still like, well, they're, they're playing well and they're 0-4. feels different, but, you know, hey, you got to win games. If they start 0-4 this year, fans would be losing their minds. The expectations are just going to be completely Which different. It's still stupid. Last year was the come up. It was fun. Every win. Oh, it's so awesome. Can you believe it? They're a season Everyone best. else around the league loves the yeah. Kings. That lasts one year. Yep. yep. No, and, and I, that's, that's I, it. I still think they could be a fun team, but it's... It, the expectations are going up big time. Yeah. And Brendan, just that's exactly it. It's like they, that was their identity to a lot of people last year. It's like, this is fun. So we're all going to root for it. Now, this year, because people are going to see that there's actual talent, and I'm talking about from around the league, people are going to be haters. People are going to want to um, beat the Kings a little bit more. And I think for fans and their expectations, I, you you guys, no matter how the season starts record wise, like get over it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm saying it to us right here. I'm saying it to everyone else out there because I personally measure a team in their identity after like 15, 20 games, right? Like that's more when you can see, okay, who's, who's healthy, who got better, who's showing this type of improvement, our teams finding ways to slow down Keegan Murray, even more, whatever it's going to be. But yeah, I just, I'm kind of, I'm always a wait and see person. And I, you know, do have to point out like they were extremely healthy last year. Yeah. Yes. As healthy as it gets. Their starting group played so many more minutes than any other five-man lineup in the league last year. And De'Aaron Fox typically misses a handful of games. You know, last year he was fairly healthy. Like some of these other guys, you know, Harrison Barnes plays every single night and some of these other guys as well. But 
at, did not factor in much last year, and it's hard to expect that again. I'll say this, though, because the only reason why I'll push back on that, I thought about that same thing, too, Brandon, and I'm like, you can't imagine that they're going to stay that healthy again. Deuce doesn't agree with me on this, but I believe staying healthy is also a skill set. Um, a lot of these guys prepare their bodies differently to make sure that they are going to be the healthiest that they can be. Also, there's just bad luck out there, right? Things happen, whatever. But I go with this squad. I think they, whatever their training staff has been doing, whatever the coaches do with them, and maybe that's even making sure that they're playing more minutes and just everyone's legs are just staying healthy and good throughout the season Whatever happened last year, it worked. So I hope they can continue with that and they just keep having that good luck as well. There's some luck involved for sure when it comes to staying healthy. But the other thing that I do think gets lost in that conversation of the Kings playing, their guys playing so many games. Well, Sabonis was hurt. Mm-hmm. Like Keegan was hurt. Yeah. Fox played through stuff. Like I know every team has that, but literally Sabonis could have had just been like, I'm having surgery, see you in six to eight weeks. For sure. He played through that, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I do wonder how they'll maneuver through this season, right? Like, they went hard every night. They played with pace. They practiced it, a lot. They practiced a lot. Like, does that shift at all this year? Do they go, okay, you know, it looked like at times in the playoffs, HB maybe ran out a little gas. Uh, Kevin Herter looked tired because he's running around all season. We saw that in, at times throughout the season, maybe just not used to the style. And then he's got to go chase around Clay Thompson. That impacted things. I don't think they need to adjust their style of play, but I do. I wonder if because of the depth they have, they'll be more likely to go, hey, HB, let's just play 26 minutes tonight. You know, we'll get Sasha up to, you know, 28, 29, have a little more balance. So, Come playoff time, these guys are ready to go. At the same time, you saw it with the Celtics a couple of years back where in the finals against the Warriors, I know Tatum was banged up, but they, they were talking about how they were gassed. Yep. And that conditioning matters. They, they weren't playing enough minutes. Yep. They weren't used to the the, the, the toll that that can take. I don't know. It, it's, a, it's a tough balance for Mike Brown. I, I'm interested to see kind of how he tinkers with things. Especially because it seems like the answer or well, the attempted answer for the defense is going to be physicality, just going off what Luke Laux was preaching so much at summer league and talking about how that's what they want the identity of the team to be even going into this next season. That wasn't just a summer league thing. And I think that was part of what we saw with, you know, Kevin Herter losing his legs a little bit. And he acknowledged that, yeah. right. That, you know, he's running around like crazy. It's not like he's out of shape. He just needs to be in even better shape, which is a big ask, but that's the nature of his role. But I think when you're so physical on the defensive end, I'm interested to see if that has any carryover into the offense. Yeah. See words that we love. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just wanted to see what you guys would say. But seriously, see words. Chemistry. Consistency. Like, oh, that's a good one. I was going to say continuity. And There's I think. Three. I, well, I have. Championships. Okay. Championships. I have a fifth, but I don't think I'm going to use it. Uh, oh. I'm kidding. Oh. So okay. continuity. Um. You just talked about using, you know, a lot of physicality depending uh, with when it comes to them playing defense and relying a lot on being more physical. And I think sometimes when we throw out the words like chemistry and continuity, some people go, does that really matter? And it does, because then you, you not only really start to build something together, but that trust that comes with it and understanding when 
I play with Sabonis. I know he likes to be here defensively, so I need to be two steps over. Then when I'm playing with Alex Len, he's slower, so he's going to be here. So I'm one step over. And the geometry of the floor matters so much in these moments when it comes to team defenses and defenses that don't have a whole bunch of great individual defenders. So does basketball IQ. And I think their basketball IQ is extremely high. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And um, somebody asked me the other day, what do I think Malik Monk can do to better his chances for six man of the year? Or like what, what could be the argument for why he would have better odds? And I think there's a handful of things, but one of it could just be having a more consistent backup center because he's playing a lot of minutes without Sabonis. And I felt like him sort of filtering through, that was the one role really where there was a lot of change. And I felt like him not getting to just have a consistent guy to play pick and roll with really you know could have had an impact there if he had consistently like he threw some crazy lobs to Jamesi Metu I think they got a little bit of an offensive chemistry but then Alex Len plays a little bit differently or what is that going to look like with Trey Lyles out there Nerlens Noel so I, I do think that you know it does it, it matters and like yeah. just listen to Trey Lyles's exit interview like he's pulling at everybody's heartstrings here but he's talking about how he's been on I don't know it was something like four teams in six years and how he never even wanted to go out with his teammates because what's the point in building a relationship with these guys? I'm just going to be gone. And he said he'd let himself not think that way anymore this year. And that's why I was so happy to see him resign just from a personal standpoint. I know. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm very curious about the backup five spot going into this year because I think there's still fair questions about it, right? Just kind of their approach to it. And it does make me wonder if, they 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 believe they found something late in the season and into the playoffs where we out of nowhere saw more Alex Len right and then you know Trey Lyle small ball five was a thing and I know that can't work every single night depends but on the matchup I right? think it I think it helps you know so I wonder like is that going to be the answer this year and then you have the battle between like Noel and Kada as another option back there I just and scal. <laughs> If Scal wins a spot, good for him, man. Yeah, I, I that was an interesting, interesting story. We saw him last year at the end of the season. He was in yeah. Sacramento playing a game at Golden One Center mm -hmm. for Mexico City in the G League. Right? Yeah. I don't actually. I don't know if he actually played in that game. He didn't. No, he played he, the game before yep. in Stockton. Those two teams played back I was to back. Like we saw him. Yeah, but we did see him. Yeah. Um, I'm happy for him trying to get back to the league. And hey, if he's in Stockton to work on things and try to get back, good for him. He hasn't played in the league in a long time, but he's got good size. Um. Yeah, I, I, do you, I do think to your point real quick uh, yeah. that Len and Lyles is, in my mind, like the answer going into the year. OK, and, and that's what I'm saying. Do you feel like they're in a better spot with a backup five now than maybe, you know, this time last year? That I, I still don't exactly know. Yeah, um, because how many times like Coach Brown is very transparent and I'm searching at the back of five and you have the same guys there, really. Yeah. But. It was very weird to me that, like, he said, I'm searching, I'm trying everything. He didn't really try Alex Len early in the yeah. year. Yeah. You know? And I don't know what that had to do with, like, but, you know, it, there was a lot of stuff going on at home for yeah. Alex Len. A lot. A lot of stuff, right? And so maybe he just wasn't even that much of an option. I don't mean to speculate too much, but, yeah, I mean, it was weird to me that he was never even tried. Like, they put Kate out there before, before trying Len. So it was weird to me that it was never tried. And then when it was, it was like, oh, this works. 
And I like, I like that whatever, what, like you're saying, like, was it trust that was built? Was it just confidence in his guys? Um, or did something work out at practice where he was like, all right, let's, let's give it a little bit of a longer leash here. Um, and it was great to see. And if they are running it back with that, you guys, not every roster that we look at around the league has the perfect person in every position, right? Absolutely like, not. And the fact is Sabonis is playing the yep. majority of the minutes there. And yeah. and what happened last year worked. So if it's not completely broken, why fix it? Tweak it. I'm down with tweaks. And I'm down with tweaks going going throughout the season and seeing what works and and what doesn't work. But at the same time, like it it was there was something to it that benefited this team, especially going into different matchups when they had that small ball five to go to with Trey Lyles and they had a bigger guy to just get in there like Alex Len. It threw teams off too. And numbers-wise, they never actually got killed in those minutes. It just felt really bad for some reason. You know, like there were moments where you could tell there were weaknesses, but the plus-minus for all of those backup bigs really was not bad. And like you can't, just with how much money you're spending on that starting center, or not even how much money, but just how much you're allocating to that your star, you're only going to put so many resources into his backup, right? Like behind Joel Embiid is Paul Reed, right? Behind Anthony Davis is who? Mo Bamba right now? Not anymore. He left, right. Yeah. Okay. Not anymore. I'll look at <laughs> the, the Mo depth Bamba chart. era. Is I think over it was like Thomas Lakers. Bryant yeah. last year, right? If you look at behind um, Denver in the playoffs, they were trying DeAndre Jordan. They were trying Jeff Green or Jermichael Green. Yeah. Like behind these star centers. And they eventually trade for Thomas Bryant at the trade deadline. They even play him. Right yeah. yeah. I think it's very typical for teams with star centers to not have good back. I'm spam out of bio as like Cody Zeller. And it's no disrespect to these guys. They're fine. And to be fair, the Kings might have the worst of all the backups I mentioned. But yeah, I just think find just finding a couple of guys that you believe work will be great because last year it was a revolving door from Metsu to land to Kata to sprinkle in a little Rashawn Holmes. It was hard for the whole team to really yeah. build anything. And I think with Mike Brown, like we were saying, has having more confidence in what he has now allows the team to create the identity around them too, with those other rotations when those guys are in. I'm also eager to see Sabonis this year. One, you have to assume, I guess that the hand is good. Because we haven't heard anything about him needing surgery or anything like that. There, I, I don't know about that. It seems like everything's fine. So him healthy. And I'm sure that we talked to Brad Miller after the playoffs. And we were talking about Sabonis and, you know, him not taking that shot, that mid-range shot oh, yeah. in the playoffs when the Warriors were, were sagging off of him. And how much was that confidence? How much was that the hand? Who Who really knows? I'm eager to see what Sabonis did this off season because in the playoffs your weaknesses get exposed every team does it and that that was his weakness he was clearly not ready for the them to completely just play off of him we've seen that happen with players I think he has the ability to knock down that shot and Same. I I, I want to see the Kings implement that more into the offense because if that starts dropping, I'm not mm. saying he needs to settle for it. He's so good inside. He's so good at with dribble handoffs, and he he's the offensive hub for this team. I just want him not to hesitate with that shot. And 
you know, the Warriors kind of gave the rest of the league the formula. Yeah. Like that's, that's how this works. Right. And so if you have not developed your game or like added ways to counter that, then the rest of the league is just going to copy paste. But I, I'm with you. I, I think that he can knock down that mid-range shot. I think we've seen him do it plenty. It just wasn't like comfortable. It wasn't that part of the game plan. It wasn't, it's not what, how he prefers to play. And obviously, ideally, it's a three ball. But I think with how much they're doing these DHOs, like near the elbows and everything, that that is a fine spot for him to be pulling it. But I, I'm pretty confident in it. But, you know, there's a lot of reliance on it going into this year. Who are you most excited to see next season? And why is it Keegan Murray? <laughs> Well, the hype around Keegan is crazy and coming from everywhere like this off the dribble stuff is is real, I think. And I'm very excited. I do think the answer is Sasha, though. Oh, like, well, I, I when I said that, I realized it could be. But I don't know. There's I'm excited for Sasha. I love that I'm answering the question. I'm excited for Sasha. I really am. But I think there's something about seeing a a, a younger player on the team that you cover um, take a little bit of a jump in the summer and then just having different type of expectations going into this next season for him. I don't know. That to me is more of that journey that we get to watch, that we get to celebrate with him. That makes right. me excited. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of Sasha and that is like the most beautiful year, non NBA basketball that that team ran they ran a very similar offense like i think sasha with domas mm. is going to just be gorgeous offense i don't know what it's going to look like defensively <laughs> I was gonna and say, i'm yeah. not like sure that this is going to work i actually like think the big adjustment is just like is he comfortable in the united states in sacramento you know like if you're not comfortable with where you are like that's gonna leak over to on the court because he has everything on offense he does it in hardly any dribbles like he's a perfect perfect fit for this offense in my mind defensively we'll see i think he competes and is physical um but you know there's a lot of guys on this team that have defensive question marks so i don't know that that'll necessarily get him not get him minutes but yeah. i think that one's more interesting to me from a like where do they find his minutes because keegan's gonna play and i agree with you i love watching the journey and he's probably the x factor this year right like we know what fox is gonna do we know what sabonis is gonna do not to say those guys can't take a jump I actually think there's a decent chance that De'Aaron Fox could take another jump. He's yeah. still extremely young. Um, but Keegan Murray is definitely the an most anticipated one, right? Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, got to be careful with young guys. You know, I just feel like there's, and I understand the excitement, but I think also the excitement is more, from a King standpoint, long-term. Like, we believe he can grow into this. Is it this upcoming year? Maybe it could be. Maybe he does take a big time jump. I'm like, oh my God. Um, he was really good last year. Yeah. Right? Like he was really good as a rookie to be able to shoot with that type of efficiency, catch and shoot guy. You got Clay Thompson, Paul George raving about his shooting ability. But I think the thing I got most excited for was seeing him in the playoffs go through kind of the, the funk in the beginning and then end up being one of the better guys for the Kings toward the end of the series. And then that come he, then he comes in and plays two games at the California Classic and you go oh so you're you're seeing the growth not only late in the year but into the summer that excites me about what he can be long term I just wonder if there there's almost too much pressure on like hey Keegan's got to take this jump this year I'm like 
Is it okay if he takes it in year three? And, and it like, is are we okay. Freak out if no. it, it's year three or year four? I would never. Okay. I mean, hi, we were the ones that were all about Deer and Fox taking his time to take that leap that he did last season and that everyone else gave up on, you know? And it's people shine at different years and times in their career. And sometimes it goes a little up and down. Yeah. And I think with someone like Keegan, with his mentality, with his personality and his obsession with playing the game and getting better. Um, I think that alone is what excites me. So yeah, even if he goes into this season and teams haven't figured out the first 20 games, if he figures it out in the yeah. second or not even the second part of the season, but in the rest of the season, then I love seeing that that is what he is learning from his experience. Like we just said, learning from the playoff experience, bringing that into summer league, being the aggressor. And then what is he going to do when teams all were watching that and going, this kid's for real, let's stop him. How is he going to fight back and try and make another leap over that? And even if he is just slightly better this year, yeah, right. Cause I, I'm pretty confident he's a shooting ability. All right. He made right. what? How many threes did he make? A 200? 300 something. Yes. What, what was the record? The NBA rookie record for most threes in the season, yep. shooting 40% from three. He was crazy effective from three point land last year. So if he just slightly adds to his game, if he plays with a little more confidence, attacking the basket, not getting his shot blocked, attacking with authority, busting out some step backs, and you can hit the catch and shoot still, it's going to open up so much for this Kings offense. And it, I think that's what makes the Kings so scary, to be honest. It's just. Okay, if Keegan's slightly better, you know Fox is good, Sabonis is good. Kevin Herter just turned 25. He can get better. Today, right? Yeah, I think as today. we're recording yeah. this. Yeah, as we're Sasha, recording. we know what he can do offensively. I mean, there's a lot of shooting. There's a lot of firepower on this offense. It's going to be difficult for teams to stop all of it. And, if, and I will push back on one thing Morgan said earlier ooh, of ooh, ooh. that, you know, uh, the jump De'Aaron Fox took last year. Just, okay. just a, I'll push back a little bit. Okay, what? I think he did get a little better as a shooter, right? But I think that De'Aaron has always been this guy. Maybe not always, but, but he the last wasn't couple years. Statistically, and yeah. I mean, statistically, he wasn't in your... I, I, I think where you're going is to the pieces around him over right. the years. He yes. never had any the, spacing. He had how many different coaches? 100% And the clutch stuff, fair. how would we ever have known if he was clutch yeah. when the Kings are down 30 going into the fourth quarter every game? Fair. I know. He actually had a couple moments. I think he had a moment in Miami early in his career. Yeah. Put back dunk or something. But the clutch stuff, like, that could have been there the whole time. But he and we did. Just wouldn't have known. He did take a leap, even with his mentality, though, and just being like more of this leader, being like, "I don't give a shit who's around me or what's happening. I have to yeah. be a better player." But you're right. Like, obviously, being in the right situation is going to help you take the leap as well. The De'Aaron Fox timeline, Sacramento, is very interesting, right? <laughs> his first year with George Hill. You know, like, oh, oh, that's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Then his second year surprised everybody in the league. Oh, my God, the Kings, oh, no, we're 39 games. Okay, they. then that falls apart. The whole Bagley era, disappointment. Mm -hmm. You know, they draft Halliburton and Mitchell. De'Aaron Fox, before, like, that season where they traded Halliburton for Sabonis, he had games, but, man, it just did not, he did not look right, you know? And... A second that Sabonis got traded here, it seemed Literally like the first game. The yeah, the hug. The hug. That I think will be <laughs> a, right. It'll be a mural on our podcast wall at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but like 
that was such a weight lifted off his shoulders to have someone as skilled as Sabonis be with him. And it brought the most out of De'Aaron. And then, you know, they put the pieces around him. But I'm with you. I've always, I've always been high on De'Aaron. I, I've been a Fox truther for a long time. And to see him, I think he did take his game to the next level because it's one thing to have these games every once in a while, but to do it consistently oh every single night, to hit those clutch shots when everybody in the building knows that like late in games, it's you taking over and you still find ways to do it and take over games. We were just doing a show on NBC Sports California we recorded, which was a season review show. And we were going over some of the top moments. And one of my favorite games was a game against Dallas <laughs> last season. It was Kyrie and Luca's first game playing together. And De'Aaron had 26 points in the fourth quarter and overtime. It was like a remarkable performance. We always point to the game winners. I mean, of course, the yeah. Orlando game, Chicago. Like He's had some epic moments, but that game was like, oh, this isn't just like a good player. This is a guy who has star qualities written all over him, who doesn't get rattled, who's not afraid of the moment. What are your expectations for him this season? Because that's, like, think about it. It's all these awards given out, right, to Monty McNair, to Coach of the Year, to Clutch Player of the Year award. What what else do you need to see from him this season to be like, all right, he took that other leap? Probably as a leader and as a defender. And I think those go hand in hand. Like, I think we saw progress as a defender for sure. And a lot of that is just effort. And, you know, there's more reason to lock in when you're uh, not getting destroyed in a game. So I think that makes sense and was a factor before. But I think it's mainly that. And it doesn't have to be being vocal, right? He's talking about like he's an lead by example guy. And it's just who you are as a person. Not everybody is like this rah-rah leader. And I think that's totally fine. But I think that he still could make some progress there. And you now there's obviously the three point shot would be the biggest thing, right? Yeah. If that was going down at a higher rate, then, you know, I think where we really could be talking about first, second team. Oh, for, I agree. For if, De'Aaron. If De'Aaron got to like 35% from three on the season mm. and he took steps, his free throw percentage was way better this year. I think that was a career high for him from the free throw line, which is great. I thought defensively, too, in the playoffs, he had some nice moments. It's just, it's so tough because he's asked to do so much. And it's like, hey, also, we need you to go out there and best guard some of the best guys yep. at a high level. And that's Mike Brown's kind of challenge to him, right? Like, if you're going to be the franchise guy, you got you to gotta be able to do both things. And it, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, but... I think taking some pressure off of him with even more weapons around him should help that, I think. Yeah. And and he's always tried to do everything. Like I have so much respect for De'Aaron yeah. Fox. When the Halliburton thing was happening, uh, the second year of that and right before he got traded, De'Aaron was coming out and saying like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to be a shooting guard now. And really was talking about that from his own perspective. Like, oh, you know, I've always like kind of preferred that role. I can just focus more on scoring. Like, come on. He's really just saying that because he's trying to make Tyrese comfortable. He's trying to make this work. You know, he he does what he can. And a lot of people at the time of that before leading into that deadline thought De'Aaron was the one that should go. And that make I get it. I get it. But the B had written an article of it is like time to do it. De'Aaron Fox needs to be traded. And I'm pretty proud of one of my two B articles back here being defending De'Aaron Fox. Because he has been good. He has been trying to do everything he can to make it work. And yeah. I, I just have a lot of respect for De'Aaron. Like, am, am I crazy for thinking he could go down as the best king of all time? 
No, um, it no. would take more time. Obviously. It would take more time, more of a run, right? To me, I personally I'd go see Webb still. I know right. Mitch is up in in there too. Uh, winning helps things. Like if if right. the Kings all of a sudden have a huge run here, yeah, I think Fox and Sabonis could go down as. You know, and I, I guess how much is that really saying? The Kings haven't had a ton of success in right. there, you know, almost 40 years in Sacramento. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's he's a tremendous talent. And it's always tough when you see this, this a player put up numbers and do some crazy things, but his team always loses. It's as a basketball fan, you, you try to, like, is he good? I mean, you heard the same stuff about Devin Booker That's for years. Exactly right? where I was going to go. Yes. Because ultimately, if you don't win, you're kind of going to be judged yeah. unfairly or not. That's just what it is. And now De'Aaron showing like, no, I can do this. I mean, his first playoff game of his career, he, score, he scores 38 points against the Golden State Warriors. Like he was supposed to be there. Yeah, he, he was. He belongs. Yeah, absolutely. And he still belongs. And yeah, and that's why like you saying that, like, will he go down as that, Brendan? I mean, it exactly. You don't, it, he's, on, he's now on the right path to right. go in that direction and especially if it keeps translating into winning and into postseason basketball. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. <laughs> Please. So gonna throw back so the same question, but in a different way of when it comes to Stockton, what are you guys most excited about coming into this year? It's always so hard to know without knowing like the roster and stuff. Right. Um, I just get excited because as my, journey has continued in the broadcast world i used to, I used to do the sports radio thing so i was watching it was like i was watching basketball nfl baseball and you try to like try to be an expert in everything and you really can't especially nowadays there's just too much information out there so just to be able to focus on basketball and focus on the kings and the nba and then the g league mm. i mm. i love the g league i mean i i've seen you at games i i love the storylines I love the fact that these guys are out there playing hard every night. You've got a mix of talent. You've got former lottery picks who are trying to find their way back and claw their way back to the Saw NBA. Justin Jackson earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. Right. You have these undrafted free agents out of nowhere. I mean, like the Gabe Vincent story to me is one of the best G League success stories I can think of, right? A guy who started in Stockton, right? And doesn't really have a good first year. Banged up, injury play, came back at the end, hit some big shots in a playoff game. The next year, he comes out just out of the gates firing one of the best players in the G League and then signs a two-way with Miami, turns into a full-time contract, turns into him playing in the NBA Finals this year, having some big moments, and now he just got paid by the Lakers. I love those moments. And the same thing with coaches. You see these, like, co the coaching staff, like, being able to – these young coaches who come into the league and then you see them have NBA jobs. I just – that's what I love about the it. Growth. I, I'm – the journeys, yeah. like the stories, kind of like you're saying. But selfishly, when you asked that question, I went straight. My mind went straight to broadcasting. Yeah. Okay. And it's and it just it goes there because I think for for us, we're so passionate about basketball. Right. But then we are also so very passionate about our craft and being able to have the opportunity to analyze the sport, the game that I love the most and am obsessed with, I get so excited every year for the G League season for mostly that reason. Now, I also 
like Deuce was kind of saying, it's it's like a movie sometimes for some of these people. I'm excited for Lindsay too. Very. You get to see these new journeys for the coaches, for these players, and you get to be the one talking about it and kind of uh, just... I don't, I don't know. Just, just really sharing their stories alone, uh, is fun. Having that outlet and that platform to be able to do that. So yeah, I'm so excited for that. You guys are amazing at, oh, as, as a broadcast. You shut your mouth. No, you guys, you guys are great at it. I, I think you complement each other pretty well. Thanks. Um, the, the prep has to be really difficult, right? Like I, I go to a game and I'm like trying to figure out who's on the other team and I'll show up and it's like not even there's a couple guys not there or a couple new ones like how, how difficult is prepping for that Deuce is really good at prep I, it's, really good at prep thank you I guess you are um it's it's time consuming I think some people cuz we're going back behind the scenes again I like this we're going behind the scenes a little bit so for people who don't know play by play color analysts they have usually have a chart in front of them with all the players listed with all the names and facts about every player. And most NBA broadcasters, I don't know what the percentage is. I'll just say a lot of them. There's a company who makes these charts for them. And then maybe they fill in some other stuff. Now, G-Man does Oof. his own notes. He handwrites them. It's amazing. Oh, my um, God. I'd yeah. give anything to like have one of those. Oh, They're so cool. Yeah, it, it's Especially because really cool. I handwrite all my stuff. I have a lot of... That's right. You have like 800 pens and you kind of yeah, do Yeah, yeah. I color code. Yeah. I do not handwrite my stuff. But um, so a lot of these play-by-play guys, they just get their stuff printed up and they look through. I'm not trying to take away anything away from them. Because they like, study trust up. Trust me. I, I uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the G League, we don't have that. And that's fine. I have to do my own prep. And you, you go through and you just have to look up these players. And I think the biggest challenge is just, all right, finding information on some of these players these players and finding up to date stuff and finding stories that make sense. And then roster changes happen. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've gotten to a game like, Oh my God, this player's not on my roster. Oh, he just mm -hmm. got brought up today. What Jersey is he not wearing? He doesn't have a number. Okay. Oh, uh, I don't know what he's good at. Is he, he, can yeah. he shoot? Can he yeah. do so? Right. Like even like as an analyst, it's like, wait, what? I don't even have a stat line for him going off yeah. of, you know, is he a good three point shooter or anything? How am I supposed to break this down? While Deuce has like a lot more facts about these guys when there is stuff about them. And then it's just names, you know, you just don't want to mess up names. I've messed up names. I try not to mess up names. It's frustrating, but sometimes it's hard to track down the pronunciation for these names. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, so you get you, you go to one PR person, they tell you this, another site tells you this. And you're like, <laughs> I, sometimes I've literally, just gone before games. I've been like, I'm sorry. I gotta ask. How do how do I want to get your name right? How do yeah. you say your name? Because I just and then there's I, like like there was this guy on the Stockton Kings, Isaiah Cannon, right? Yeah, Cannon. I think. And and because for the longest yeah. time we were all calling him Canaan, 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 and and then we went up and asked him. We said, Hey, we've heard two different things. Is it Canaan or Canaan? He's like, Oh, well, you can say Canaan, but it is Canaan. And we're like why yeah. wouldn't you just tell us that it's canon he goes <laughs> i don't know because everyone just says canon so anyway it's um it, people people say brandon for me all the time i never correct him. no uh, the, people mess up your or last nunez. name yes 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 i was gonna say the, like I, literally everyone every, i did not today do you know you're that? right you're right you're right why do, why do you it's need extremely validation? rare for people to get it right yeah they go brendan so shout out to you, it's yeah. nunez yeah Get yeah. it right. Thank you. Utah. One time, a Utah. I asked a Utah State assistant after Nimi got drafted, like, how do I pronounce his name? And he told me Nimi-ish. 
right? That's interesting. And so one time yeah. I said this in a presser with Alvin Gentry, and he's like, what you like? He made me repeat it. He just wanted to hear me say it twice. You know, Alvin. Alvin's hilarious. I've seen that pronunciation um, for Namiya. So, I've seen that. Yeah, and, and so I, I don't know. I, I he's Nimi. Yeah, Nimi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, it works. Uh, I do have a question because we were talking about the Kings' defense. I know we're bouncing around here. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to get the feedback on this podcast because this podcast, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a great off-season podcast. Hell yeah. Wait, why? But because it's just, it's just. hey, we talked to Brendan about his... Uh, rapping. Rap, his rapping. <laughs> BZ in the building, yeah. right? We somehow <laughs> talked about him journaling, his journey, getting to the King season. De'Aaron talking about Fox. Stockton, De'Aaron Fox, and now we're weaving back, and I'm going, hey, one more thing. Here's a question. Do you think the Kings, who finished, what, 24th in defensive rating last year, they wore eighth in defensive rating on the road. Do you think they could be in the top 15 this year? Could they get to 15th? No. Can they get to, like mm. they could. 18? What's yeah, the I, ceiling? I think more of like a 20. What's okay. the Okay. No, maybe not as a ceiling. Like yeah. maybe 15 is a okay ceiling. I just struggle with it, it's the same team and they were really really bad on defense. Yeah. Like no other good teams Realistic. were this bad on defense. You know, it's just, it's interesting though, because like, He's there's a me. world. It's, it's, I, I, it's one, yeah. a lot of times with defense, and you know this, Brendan, it's like, it's one person that messes up and it can mess up everything. And you're saying that one person is gone? No, I'm not saying, oh. I wasn't trying to pick on people, oh. right? But because the Kings had defensive lapses everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chemeze Metu definitely. I, had some, but also, like, it's not like he was playing that much. So you, right. it's like, what are you going to point to him? You know? Right. I, I just think they've upgraded slightly in that regard, where it's like, okay, they have some players who aren't not necessarily like lockdown defenders, but hey, if you're high IQ, like you're yep. saying, be in the right spot yep. at the right time, communicate. And some guys who've just been around, like Sasha. He may be a rookie in the NBA. This guy's 27 years old. He knows how to play basketball. I know he's never played in the NBA. He's played against NBA-level talent. He's played against some of the best talent in the world. Like, he knows how to play basketball. And one other thing I'll push to support your point is that you think about these guys and how Mike Brown does not give them long leashes. And if you are not disciplined, you are not staying out there. You are not staying out on the floor. Yeah, so I think... I think they could get to 15. I wouldn't predict they can get to 15, but I think that would be a, a ceiling for that this think, group. Yeah, I think as a ceiling, that's fine. I think Duarte is really interesting in this conversation to me because, yeah. you know, you look at a closing lineup of Fox and then one of Herder or Monk, right, and then Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. The Herder Monk is a huge defensive weakness, just to be blunt, you know. Um, teams will say, I want that guy late in scenarios and get that guy switched onto him. And Duarte is a lot better defender than I think some people realize. Like he yeah. was very much touted as a three and D player coming out of college, and I think there's interesting stuff there. Like you're you if he, you know, clicks on offense and he has pre-built chemistry with Devontae Sabonis, which more so in my mind also just means in a dribble handoff system, which I think is is pretty valuable. That maybe you don't have like this standout weakness defensively in yeah. some of your closing lineups. Actually, you know, I'm interested to see if Colby Jones gets a little shot here and there too. I'm a big Colby Jones guy, and I'm interested to see how long that takes. But as you can see by the Jemias Ramsey thing behind me, I sometimes get a little too excited no. about uh, early players. Yeah. But uh, Jemias is also a very young player when he got to the league. Yes. Very young. I, was, right? I got some Robert Woodard playing cards over here somewhere oh. too, though. 
Oh. Look, there was a time in which a lot of people got caught up in those guys. Wingspan, you know, was yeah. a huge. You, you saw, like, hey, if they could get this and this, they could be great NBA players. Obviously, not totally ready as those guys continue their journeys. But, yeah, I think Colby and Duarte are going to be fighting for that TD role, right? And maybe they can make more out of that. I think Duarte's chemistry with Sabonis is going to be helpful for sure. Like those two guys feeding off each other. And then like, I'm really fascinated to see Davion Mitchell this year. It's a big year for him. Um, I know we had, we had him on the podcast about a month Great ago. Interview, by the way. Thank you. Thanks. And I am eager to see if that work, all that work on his shot translates into the season because the reason he wasn't on the floor on during the regular season at times and into the playoffs because the teams didn't want to guard him, right? They didn't feel like they needed to guard him because they didn't trust his jumper. That got exposed more in the playoffs than anything. You know what he does defensively, but if he can knock down the three, if he could show that he's a little more comfortable in this offense in the second year, like he's going to have to play. So we just went up and down the roster going, oh, this guy, this guy. There's going to be some guys who don't play that are good enough to play. Kessler Edwards, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Kessler Edwards is still on the team, right? Yeah. Like, like, it's a good so, problem to have. It's called, it is, I mean, but, depth. It's it, it helps people at practice, you know? It, it, as long as everyone's bought in, right? That's the biggest thing. And, and But that is their, their what? Their, um, their culture. Sure. There we go. Another C word. That is their culture that Mike Brown has built in that one season and Monty McNair has shown that he likes to bring in guys that like to buy in that have a certain mentality. And it's, I mean, the growth it's, it's working. Yeah. I mean, coach is going to make you sign a contract, another C word, which has got to be a little, it's pretty cheesy, right? Just full of C words right now. <laughs> like, come on, come on. I mean, That's like high school uh, stuff. You no, know? like I, I see how, I love Mike Brown. I think he's a absolutely phenomenal coach. He's my favorite person to talk to by far, by far. I see how th a coach can just get tiring. Like if he did that to a team that just didn't have his back, if that lost the room, they would roll their eyes so sure. hard at that. I would say this. But it's fine because they're bought in. They're bought in. But I would say like last year, some of the extremes that we saw, whether it was signing an all-in contract, you know, or um, I'm trying to think of the other thing. I mean, just calling those quick timeouts. And right. He was trying to establish something. Yep. Right. And he was trying to establish what they do, what they're about. That I don't know that this year you need to come in with a poster that says, hey, are we all buying in? It's like, no, we're all bought. We proved that. Like, we're going to keep buying in because this is what we we do this in Sacramento, right? Do whatever it, works for you. Yeah. Do, yeah. That's, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I think a lot of people we heard around the NBA even say with, you know, oh, Mike Brown has this uh, college coaching style when it comes to his practices and holding lots of practices and running his guys. And – there's something about that that I've always, always truly agreed with that. I, I think there is something special about that when you have the right team to do that with. And right. maybe that's not going to be, you know, with a whole bunch of superstars, but you have the right good players in the NBA on your team that respect one another and that respect the game. It's going to work. So 
if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. I think having stars that respond to that style of coaching is the most important thing, right? Because then everybody else sort of has to fall in line. Yes. And he's got to be the perfect coach for De'Aaron. Like, I, I think that De'Aaron, you know, sometimes can need things pulled out of him. And Mike Brown will absolutely be the one to do that and has been. Agreed. So what type of expectations do you have going in into the season for the Kings? Like, do you have a win total that you're like, they got to get here? Or do you have a, a certain, like, how far do you they need to go to meet your expectations? Like, how, second round appearance, conference finals, competitive first round series? Like, what, what are you hoping to see? Second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Like, the regular season is still going to matter. I'm excited to see how this offense looks and how they attempt to get better defensively. But I mean, everything's measured by your postseason success, right? And now there's not this monkey on your back of the of the drought. Like, and I don't even know how much the players really cared about that, but you got asked about it all the time. So I'm sure that it does matter, and it matters for the city, obviously, which the the players care about. I'm not saying it didn't matter or anything, but that's not existent anymore like they're not just going to celebrate making the playoffs at this point you got to do something while you're there and if they went to game seven again in the first round had a competitive first round and didn't make it i wouldn't call it a disappointment i mean maybe a disappointment but it's certainly not a failure right yeah. so to me it's just one more step further in the postseason yeah i think that it's a great goal um and i think that should be the goal i, I do like to remind people if you go back to those early 2000s Kings, that 98-99 team that made the playoffs, they got bounced in the first round for a couple of years. <laughs> you know, they had to go through it, and they had to make tweaks to the roster and get better. I'm not saying the Kings need to follow that same path that that team did. I'm but just saying it, yeah. that team ended up being a team that was talked about as a championship contender. They made it to the conference finals. It's, just, it's so hard to get there. But I do... I see a path for the Kings in the next few years. Like, I'm really high on what they have. Like, I like Fox and Sabonis. And I think Keegan can grow into being a really, really good player in this league. Everyone's kind of the same age. Yeah. I think that's, and they've got flexibility too going forward they've, where you look at the roster and go, there's ways to tinker here too. And truly, I mean, what Monty McNair showing kind of what his identity is as a GM and Mike Brown as a coach, I am just trusting this path. And yeah, I believe it can keep going in the right direction. So do I. I don't know why I just had this thought, but it was Instagram you figured out my first game on Hudus. Look, man. Ah. It, was, it was. I take deep dives, man. Yeah, I take yeah. deep dives. Actually, I spent, uh, there was a portion of yesterday <laughs> I was going back to find Brendan's first tweet. And then I went, ah, that's not that interesting. And then I went to, I wonder what his first tweet about the Kings was. And then X started acting up and I gave up. So. Oh my um, God. Boo. It, no, it'd just be fun. They'll kind of look at it. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Boo to oh, X. I think you're booing me. No, I'm booing reason. X. Boo. Uh, Brendan, I didn't anticipate us keeping you this long. So, you're one, totally fine. Thank you. Uh, secondly, Oopsies. what do you have coming up? Do you, you have anything you're working on? Anything you want to promote for the upcoming season? I don't know if you, you've got plans yet. Yeah, not exactly. It's okay. Um, it's it's literally August twenty seventh as we record this, so it's okay. Yeah, potential new uh, work. I interviewed for a couple places recently, a couple different places. So oh. we'll see. Okay, let's all let's put the good vibes yeah. out there. Fingers King's crossed. Pulse has uh, been. I'm transferring RSS RSS feeds and no longer with Blue Wire. Okay. Mutual decision. So there's been a delay there in in content, but that'll start back up here soon. Cool. Um, start of the month and 
Yeah, I've I've enjoyed a little bit of a break, actually. I'm not very good at taking breaks. I know. I, I've talked about this with Morgan, with a lot of people in this business. And in this <sighs> era of constantly creating content, especially after last year, where it was nonstop, you had this, 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 you had draft playoffs, coaching changes. Oh, my God. And then you get to this point where there's not a lot going on. You go, oh, uh, I'm not creating content. What am I? It's, it's good okay. for you. Take it. I, I, I really wish somebody was playing in FIBA. Yeah. See... <laughs> <laughs> I, I go back and forth because you know what? I think for me, taking this time, I, I take this time and I start watching things that aren't. I watch podcasts that are not sports related or basketball related. Yep. You guys really like the Good Friends podcast, right? Uh, bad just at the comedy, um, bad, the bad friends. friends. I said the Good Friends. Uh, you know another another podcast that Ugh. we love. Um, Rick, you know who Rick Glassman is? I don't. It sounds familiar. take your shoes off podcast. Okay. Amazing. Um, so I've been soaking that up. Yeah, I was at we were at the comedy store, which amazing. We took off all last week. Andrew Santino, Bobby Mm. Lee, Mm. Rick Glassman was there. Mm. Um, star-studded lineup. I love comedy, and the comedy store is iconic, legendary. But also watching, especially how they do podcasting how they create and everything it's so good for our brains and the way that we want to get better and create and when i say we i'm even pointing to you and i'm saying make sure that you're taking that time and trying to soak in something else it's it's the taking time off is not going to kill you especially if you know that like you are committed and you're going to jump back yeah you're going to get back into it to come the season it's on so like this is i take the time to start thinking about okay what can i do different this year you know, Morgan goes, oh, let me change the uh, podcast wall again like I do every single year. Um, and then I start thinking, mm-hmm. about, oh, what could we do on this show? What could we do this year on Night Chat? It's just, it's fun. It's I've fun. I'm trying to learn football more. Yeah. You know, like I, I like all my basketball related stuff is typically X's and O's and like the details. And I'm definitely still trying to learn that more. Um, but it's hard for me to like really get into other sports because I don't know those details. But like you know, I don't what? know play calls and stuff. That it's but good. it's fun to kind of get that like yeah. the learning process from the beginning because like I don't experience that anymore, you know. But to feel that over again of like trying to like okay, I always say it as the why, not the what, right? Not what happened, but like why did it happen? And I feel like I'm an okay at that in basketball. Certainly, still learning a lot more, but. Definitely trying to uh, at least dip my toes a little bit in football. Yeah. There are people who get paid millions of dollars who don't know any of the X's and O's in sports, right? Especially in football. And football is a complicated game. There's a lot that goes on in a football field that people just don't know because, and most people don't. But I think nowadays there's more information than ever for fans to consume. Fans are smarter than ever when it comes to consuming sports. Back in the day, it used to be sports radio people and TV personalities come on with these big opinions, and we'd all listen. Go, okay, that makes sense. You'd read about maybe in the newspaper or online forum. You didn't see the game because not every game's on TV. Now every single game's on TV. In football, they're like, all right, here's the all twenty-two tape, and you can look at all the formations. In basketball, we could look up any game. We could watch any game. They're all on TV. We can go back and watch games. You have synergy accounts that people somehow get, and you can break down film. Fans are smarter than ever, so everyone who wants to be in the content game needs to step it up and get to that level uh, if they want to make good content. That's how I look at it. And so I like your approach. You want to learn. Yeah, trying. And I think, you know, 
some of these other things can translate. Like they give me a lot of hard time on King's Beat about the movies, right? And Deuce is my biggest defender of all time. He's he stands up for hey, me. Brandon, more than have I stand you seen, up for myself. Have you seen this movie from 1992? <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that? Oh my god. When you watch yeah. the movie. <laughs> okay. But I'm trying to watch stuff a little more. Like that's good. I just just to be able yeah. to have a um make a comparison to sure. something in basketball to something in pop culture like i can't make comparisons i literally just do basketball and music those are my only two things and i really don't venture out of it much so i'm trying to a little bit i think my favorite advice that deuce has ever given me is that like you're not just competing against the other basketball stuff Boom! You're competing against all entertainment out there yeah. everything and consuming that other entertainment is beneficial you know Thank and it's not you. all about the benefits. Like sometimes I should just, you know, enjoy myself and not try to learn something. But well, it's um, also like, yeah, yeah, just in, enjoying yourself. One, but yeah, in, in this in this business, there's so much competition. But it also like you can uplift and bring people in, and we could all make each other better and put each other over. And you say that, Brendan, but like I literally watch everything with the mindset of like, oh, how could I take that into hosting? Right. Oh, how can I take that into analyze? Like I'll watch watch what happens live with Andy Cohen, which is <laughs> reality television. They'll do like a Real Housewives and then they'll have a, a post game show basically breaking down things in the way that he'll have certain segments and bits. And I'm like, ooh, that's a great way to get someone talking. Ooh, Deuce and I can do that after a shitty Kings game. You know, it's it's those little things that I'm still enjoying what I'm watching, but mm -hmm. it's always on my mind just because it's fun and I'm obsessed with it. Right. Well, it's clearly working. You guys do great work. You guys also, just to give you your flowers real oh, quick because oh, they're well-deserved. No, no. You guys work, I didn't know I could cuss until Morgan did. You guys work your ass off. And said, it's really, we're gonna have to really, yeah. really we're gonna admirable. To, we're gonna have to believe that. Sorry. Yeah, you're too yeah. kind, Brendan. Uh, so do you. We've it, seen, we've seen the way that you've, what that you've grinded throughout all of this. Thank you. I mean, one of the big things for sure is just getting around the right people. And like, you know, some people can be a little gatekeepy and not want to tell you certain things. You guys have never been that way. Answered questions, been open to it. And actually most people in Kings Media, like it's definitely a big help has been like being able to pick the brains of people. So I appreciate you guys and well, you do amazing work. Thank you. You do too. Keep it up. Enjoy it. We'll talk to you again. Uh, I'm sure before the season starts. Thanks for hanging out with us. This was a long podcast. This Thank was a good you one. for it's hanging out with us. Normal King Speed episode right here. So. That, you know what? You're right. Me. This is you're right. This is nothing for you. It's like <laughs> right. hey, hey, uh, Scal just resigned. Let's do ninety on hour it. and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and always before, Sean's like, can we keep this one to 45? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Ham's like, I got 45. <laughs> I got a 45-minute set for myself. <laughs> right. Can we? Uh, well, we appreciate it, man, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Guys. That's the one and only Brendan Nunes. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.